investigative reporter, Ed L. Elric. In ML Soul of Detroit. You asked in a rock and it's right out of my chair. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You are qualified enough. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, and I feel like I'm here a little late. I, I saw the bat signal go up yesterday on the Drew and Mike show. It felt like it was time for someone to do an intervention. It, Getting a little tense in there. Randon getting sent to HR. Oh. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I was like, I, I got to get over there. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. This was all recorded hours yeah. ago. So I, I was glad that I was glad that everything worked out. Because the thing I like about this show is everybody gets along so well. There's never any dissension. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody's fully engaged. It's uh, it's really more of a brotherhood than a, a podcast. I, in fact, I, wait, can I ask you, did oh, you not like our show court yesterday? You know what? Or, or I didn't did it make you uncomfortable. Was it cringy or, or was it that enjoyable? For, and then for those that didn't know, um, Drew had a position and Brandon had a position, and they both had to uh, adjudicate it on the show. So I didn't get to the uh, I didn't get to the trial. I was okay. listening to the beginning of it, and it's the very to, beginning, but yeah, yeah, I had to get going, and I was just like, "Ooh, this is getting hot and that shit." I got a, and then I got a phone call, and I lost track of it because I didn't know you really did. Well, no, I mean it was kind of court, that's kind of that what was it, good. It, it was the beginning. But some people don't like that stuff; they think it's really cringy. I love it. <laughs> I love confrontation. Well, you guys speaking know. of cringy, you were yes, talking. Hi, about, you were hi ta- Sean. You were talking about Ron Jeremy. Before we started recording, I just was wait, fascinated, wait, 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 but wait. you didn't finish. Wait, for the record. Neither did Ron Jeremy. <laughs> for the record. Did he ever? I, I don't know. I don't watch that kind of thing. If he was in an art house film, maybe I would have seen it. I think it's interesting that you know that he didn't finish. <laughs> I just made that up. I, I you were the one that brought so up Ron Jeremy, by the way. No, I was asking. It's interesting when who become uh, cultural figures and the fact that ron jeremy is still a name that uh you know young people i'm sure don't know the name but well, i'm uh, glad my mom's listening you know what i mean oh like your mom doesn't know i mean even had a nickname. hey even hey. had a, a nickname yeah the hedgehog yeah everybody knows the hedgehog. so what's your ron jeremy story you were starting to tell it had something to do with uh, a guy who lost his penis i thought he was going to tell us about the john wayne bobbitt story that was yeah. where that's where i said hey yeah. we got to do the show and I, they intersect i, I right? said i don't want to cut you off here <laughs> uh you were waiting for that they were intersecting, though, right? Somehow. Yeah, well, your your original question was, how do these people become um, cultural? Like, how do they how do they jump from uh, pornography, adult film From, from the valley to yeah. uh, America's consciousness. To mainstream. From San Fernando Valley to Main Street. Yeah, and I said, well, it's because they have a personality, right? And, they're, you know, there's a little serendipity to it because he was always at the um, Playboy Mansion. But Ron Jeremy, you know, had a personality. Unfortunately, I think that's what led to his uh, legal troubles uh, in the last few years because he thought he could just get away with everything. But anyway, we had him in town with Drew and Mike. This would have been 97. He was officiating a wedding between two listeners who are still married, by the way, to this there day. There you go, Michael. To this day, they are still married. Um, and John Wayne Bobbitt, who infamously had his penis cut off, was the best man for for the wedding it was a great event it was we had right at the magic bag in ferndale it was a lot of fun listeners had a blast but that what price fame <laughs> what i'm getting his penis got off yeah john is a very interesting unique person um a renaissance man if for you, you know. that wouldn't matter though uh, right mike that just make me more i mean reasonable. you'd still you'd still have a ruler left 
you know, I, I'm all about a more emotional connection, Sean, and, uh, than this sort of, uh, this physicality you look for in a relationship. I like to connect with people on the solo. I like to be a twin flame and you learned about, (laughs) you learned about twin flames last week in our, uh, underground Detroit slash cult show. One of the more interesting combo. uh, Tell me about twin flames. Thanks for listening to the show. You weren't on everybody who listened knows all about. (laughs) So we're talking about a twin flame, a soulmate. Yeah. Sean, it's also a cult. Sean actually should have been a porn star because when he's done, it's over. You know, he came in late, did his thing, and he's having a bagel. He seems to have the attention span of John Wayne Bob. No, I, can I just, much. I just eats, have, shoots, leaves, I, gone. I have a job. Like a panda. You know, this is Mark's job. Mike, we call that a nut and bolt. Mike has a part-time job, and I have a job. So sorry. Uh, actually, anyway, asking right. a bunch of nineteen-year-olds well, why anyway. they didn't hit a bucket and then getting a free meal—that's a job. As we were talking about, it sounds like a community service to me. At the top of the show, I said, you know, one of the most unique experiences I had was taking John Wayne Bobbitt to the airport three years after you know his penis was cut off because his everybody knew who he was, and that was pre nine eleven. So you could go into the airport and go to the gate, and so we got him there early. Hug course, people goodbye, huh? Hug people goodbye. I want to hug John Bobby goodbye. I mean, just say it. You can still hug people goodbye before they go through security. No, but at the gate, you know, you used to to go to the gate and you'd see people hugging and kissing. Does it matter if it's that far away? No, the gates used to be kind of, I mean, shoot, they were part of our movie culture for decades. Airport airport gates, right? Romantics. How do we go from Johnson's to airport security? I'm sorry that the the beginning of the show is a lot more interesting this week. I'll finish my boring story. Oh, yeah, because Sean's here. That's that's why he's like, (laughs) yeah, they they got a new element that made it fascinating. No, it's just Mark's able to talk now. Go ahead, Mark. No, so we went in, and of course, John wanted to go to the bar, so we sat down to have some food and beer, and it and it's really weird when you're with somebody who's that well-known, for whatever reason, infamy um, or, or legit fame, whatever it is, because, uh, you know, he doesn't fly private. He's still flying coach, because uh, the radio station was paying, and you're sitting there, and you're having a drink, and you start realizing everybody that walks by is not only just looking, but elbowing you know, each other. Like, like look at it. Look at that. Look at this guy. His penis got off. And I'll never forget next to us were people, I believe they were German or maybe um, from the Netherlands or whatever, who knew. They who don't we, like each other, by the way, but go ahead. Okay. Look at you being so divisive. But they, um, they, they knew who he was and that kind of blew my mind that these people all the way in Germany ran into this infamous guy who had his penis cut off in a Detroit airport because, you know, that's a very random meetup for them. I don't know. It was just, it's just a weird experience knowing that all these people are looking at him, you know, and this guy that you're, have you not ever been out with Mike in public? I have. And people recognize him. They say, Hey, newsman. They do. Yeah. I thought they said, Hey, handsome. And and people who know I've been married for 25 years also think I've had a part of my body uh, removed, but that (laughs) happens after many, but it was, it was very surreal for sure. It's so weird. Did he go to the men's room? Did people follow him into the men's room hoping a to get question. a peek? No, he showed it to Trudy though. <laughs> but but so where was Ron Jeremy? He was at another gate. I think Ron Ron someone else took Ron to the airport because I think he left on a different day. So you got bored we, with Ron Jeremy? No, we've. I mean, we. I feel uh, really awkward saying this. No, we had a relationship with Ron. We would call him, and he knew exactly who the show was, and we could call him anytime. And. And then you find out that he, yeah, sexually assaulted a bunch of women and has dementia and is, yeah, it's. Oh, I didn't know that. That's too bad. What, that he sexually assaulted a bunch of women? I didn't know that, yeah. What are you more sad about? The fact that he sexually assaulted a bunch of women or that he has dementia? 
No, the fact that know he which did, one you the were fact going that with. he did that. Yeah, no, it's. Oh yeah, no, he was brought up on trial, and then they deemed him unfit for trial because he's just mentally gone now. Oh, that's that's a hell of a defense. I don't have a Peter North update for you though, Sean. How's no. Savannah doing? It's a good, good reference. No. Okay. Still a great city in How the south. We, <laughs> um, Next, we're going to be talking about Hayapasha. What? Who? Another star. What? What's I, this? Is one I've never heard of. What's the name? Hayapasha Lee. I want to say. Hmm. Yeah, she's a distant relative of Countess Sika. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't even know and, how we got anyway. On that um, yeah, there's a lot of guys out there with Player magazine. It's like I know exactly what they're talking about. Player. <laughs> what's um, Player? <laughs> it's a sister magazine to Cherry. Oh, Cherry, you or preferred or 40, you preferred forty plus, right? So I think technically we do. Or, have, or I think we 50. do have an explicit rating over, on uh, on this podcast. We finally when you're eighteen, that's you, right? I have an over fifty. Look at you, you're smiling. <laughs> I have an over fifty magazine story. Do you want to hear that one? Yeah, I do. I do. We interviewed the. Uh, People the over cover, 50 are very sexy, by the way. The cover model. They have been for at least the last six years. Her name was Tangeray. She was the cover model for over 50. For the, she was the playmate of the year for over 50. And the magazine came in, and um, let's just say it was not a magazine we were all fans of, so Drew quickly relabeled it, Uncle Magazine, to give up. So it was one of those things you would open it to a really graphic photo and hide it in paperwork, which is something that couldn't be done today because HR would get mad. That's my over 50 story. Well, well, we way, had a blast. Way back when, when you were a little kid and somebody had like a torn out page from a Playboy, people would pass that around and it was almost like yeah, somebody had, gross. you know, it was like, oh my God, I can't, I see a nipple, you know? And now you got kids who are in elementary school who are addicted to porn because they're watching on their phone. Ugh. I mean, I and don't back know. Back when you were little, you were trying to sneak a peek at National Geographic. Back when I was a kid, we could make crank calls when you have to worry about somebody saying, I know exactly who this... You ever make yeah. that crank call? Or were you more of a JCPenney catalog guy? I would definitely wear, I wear uh, tough skins and the, uh, the USA sneakers with the Olympic <laughs> rings on them. <laughs> Super Dennis and Super Denise. I, I, we, were, we, were well, uh, we were well appareled by the good people at JCPenney's. ML, when I was the a child... Pride of Plano, Texas. We used to make crank calls like that all the time. And I'll never forget when the technology turned because we got a call. This would have been, oh, my God, I probably would have been a freshman in high school. My buddy and I made a crank call with a computer, you know, because oh. he, he was ahead of the time where you can make yeah. a voice. Um, this is probably 90. Is this the Hawk? Did you 92? go to school with the Hawk? It was very similar to uh, Stephen Hawking's voice, yeah. And we made the crank call, and they called back and five minutes later. It was like, oh, wow, okay. I didn't know people could do that. I didn't know people could just hit star, what was it, star six, seven or six, nine? Yeah. Do you remember no, when? No, there's, there's an REM song, uh, star 69. Remember the, the, yeah. the refrain is, I know you called, I know you called, yeah. star 69. Do you remember when caller ID came around? Which is great. Star 69, the call goes both ways, right? I mean, it's perfect. And how invasive that felt when caller ID came around all of a sudden. Because you're used to just making a call. If nobody was there, you hang up. Maybe you don't want to call back. Maybe you thought twice about it. But once caller ID came around, you couldn't do that. There was a there was a record. And now everybody screens. Now nobody answers a phone call at all. Unless you know they're in your system, I guess, right? I suppose, but even then. It's like, well, we like, used to gross, do this one call. where we would call somebody and we'd say, hey, we're, we're at the phone company. We're working on the line. We're going to call you back to test the line, but don't answer it because if you do... You know, we've got linemen out there, and it'll put a charge through the line. It can be very dangerous. So please, we're going we're gonna to call you back. We do not want you to answer. So whatever you do not answer, 
And then you'd wait a little while, then you'd wait a little while, then you'd call back, and in, in, invariably some old lady would answer. You'd go like, ah! and hang up. And then we'd always feel like, so what, stupid. we'd always feel like, did maybe we gave her a heart attack, but that was really bad. Well, you we told her not to it. answer. But that was a rite, well, of, she pa- was, she was was a rite of passage, right, back in those days. You'd, you'd when, did, when did it start? Like late elementary school or middle oh, school, yeah. middle school, somewhere in there? And you'd call somebody and say, hey, is your refrigerator running or whatever? And, sure. Yeah, you got Prince Albert in a can. What what were some of the others? When, whenever your parents left you alone, when you're old enough to be left alone with yeah. nothing to do, thirteen, and you didn't 14. have cable, you had if the you phone. had a buddy, if you had a buddy over, especially, yeah, that's what you yeah. did. Even back then, the phone was entertainment. We never really thought about it that way. Well, we've gone from cranks to crank callers, but we need to tell you who brought us here, and they're not feeling proud not about bad. it not at bad. this moment. <laughs> not bad. Nice, nice pointing out his segue. That's Doctor Yaldo. <laughs> we're all broadcast professionals here. Without Carlos to keep him in check. Oh, no, no, you got you got to be authentic. That's what goes. It's just freewheeling. Um, so anyway, Dr. Yaldo is one of the people who brought us here, sponsoring the show and all the Red no- Shovel Network shows. If you're looking to change your life, if you're looking to get better than 2020 vision, go talk to Dr. Yaldo. We'll tell you about his latest offers and how it's changing people's lives. I've had LASIK surgery. Mark's had LASIK mm-hmm. surgery. Awesome. We highly recommend it. And if you're thinking about having it done, Dr. Yaldo's the guy. You need to get there? Well, how about a sweet whip from Zot Ford and Holly, also sponsoring the Red Shovel Network. They have some great deals on some 2023s that are brand new and some 2024s that we'll tell you about a little later in the show. And, of course, if you're planning for your future, let Luke and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies do the heavy lifting. They will come up with a plan to help you prepare for your future where you can just say, you know what, when I need the money, It'll be there. And in the meantime, I just give it to them. Let them make some good choices. They'll consult with you. But don't don't watch. Today, watching the stock market, you feel pretty good. Tomorrow, maybe not so good. Let Luke and Zach freak out about that stuff. You just let your money go to work for you. We'll tell you how to hook up with those two gentlemen a little bit later. And, of course, our favorite sponsor, nothing against Dr. Yaldo Zot or Luke and Zach, is you. Our Patreon subscribers, we have some new Patreon subscribers. We're getting ready to record our second bonus episode that's available to people who subscribe at the $15 and over level. For just 5 bucks a month, you can hear this show without the ads, and you can get it before it posts anywhere else. And you can also watch the show. If you're watching now, I'm getting a little light on my... Right, left, right yeah, side. The yeah, it's the sun. Hot. It's a nice day. It's out. coming in the window. Yeah, just highlight your your. Uh, it's eyes. a beautiful day, and it's uh, it's election day in Michigan. If you uh, if you're thinking about voting, I didn't vote. I, I'm a big believer in voting, but I didn't vote in the primary because to vote in this primary, you have to declare a party preference, and I'm just not comfortable casting my lot with either the Democrats or the Republicans. And I thought, well, maybe I'll vote on the Republican side and vote for Nikki Haley just to make things interesting, you know, kind of be a little bit. Oh yeah. Cause that one vote will be a little bit of a shit stir. Well, they've had, they've had Senate races like U S Senate races that have been decided by a handful of votes. So your vote does count and you should cast it. But I didn't want people you saying grumbling? you're a Republican. Grumbling. Why are you grumbling? Cause I just think that's, uh, I don't like when people say that. And I didn't want to vote for the Democrats. Cause I don't want people every, saying you're a Democrat. Every I'm vote right matters. They do. Every vote does matter. Yeah, but I really hate it when people Believe say, Believe me, you I came vote, up a couple can't. thousand short. Every vote matters, especially if you got 1,999 that's, that's other little, people who you can bring different. out with it's, you. I'm talking about a presidential election. But I hate it when people are like, you didn't vote, you can't complain. Well, sometimes not voting is a form of voting, because you don't like either one. No, I'm with the first and, guys. And, 
What? You don't vote, you don't complain. That's your ticket to the dance. The the election, the, the Bush-Gore election was decided by a handful of... Actually, in the end, it was decided by well, five votes. Court, yeah. But in Florida, if you didn't vote... something, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was five to four, I think, when they Still not one. worked it out on the Supreme Court. But yeah, but one of those 400 votes was... My whole point, though, is if you don't like either candidate, why fucking vote for one? Because politics you're isn't about, about... You're not picking between Jesus and, and old scratch. You're picking between the better of two candidates, neither whom is exactly distinguished themselves. Uh, but I'd rather vote for somebody basis. I believe in, or at least I believe in their policies. Uh, or congratulations to President Jill Stein. Thanks for... Uh, <laughs> Thanks for casting your vote yeah, for the, somebody who changed America and the world for the better. But those people wanted to vote for, so why not? Mark's outside the system. He's he's his own guy. He's super legal. You know what I mean? What do you mean? He's his own you're, guy. You're beyond he, the legal system. You're, you're, no, he's outside the, the, the man's system, not the legal system, the man's system. He's his own dude. He doesn't need to vote if he doesn't want to. And if he wants to complain about whatever, he can do it. Or he could just Thanks wait till room 7609 when everybody feels like they have a right to complain. What's up, Mark? <laughs> Thanks for your permission. It's not my permission. I'm just pointing out that Mike's trying to tie your hands for the next four years if you don't vote from talking about anything. My only point was that sometimes not voting is a form of voting. A protester. Yeah, I mean, well, but we saw that you can't actually go and vote for that. What, uh, in Nevada, didn't they do that? And now there's a push in Michigan to vote no confidence. Yeah, no no choice. Well, Cracker has a great line where they say, I don't know what the world may need, but okay. a V8 engine's a good start for me. Then there's another part where he says, what the world needs now is another folk singer, like I need a hole in my head. head yeah. Uh, I say the same thing about protest votes. Cracker. We, We've we, never played we, Cracker, have we? I think we have, but you Low? were peeing. Low? Yeah. Yeah, we, I think we've played. Is that, is that what we've, played? we've at least played Camper Van Beethoven. Yes, I did we, see, we need I another protest guys. singer like I need a hole in my head. Take the skinheads bowling. Mm-hmm. Take great song. Oh, it is a great song. Yeah, I saw both those bands. I think. No, no, I didn't see Cracker. Just, just uh, whatever the uh, Camper Van. Camper Beethoven. Van Beethoven. I saw Cracker at St Andrews. They were great. Um. I saw the butthole servers at a at a place <laughs> in Austin. You're just gonna list every concert that you've been no, to. No, 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 no. I just remember. Yeah, no. There were a couple of drummers Back in your and Texas they had, days. They had gals up on the in the back of the stage. They were naked dancing and strobe lights and yeah. Was, did you approve of it? I don't know that I thought a whole lot about it one way or the other. It was oh, the yeah, beans. Yeah, your penis did. It was the beans. No, I don't remember that. I remember they had, two, on beans. they had two drummers. That that was more unusual to me than the. Well, may have been, a band with two drummers and the artistic. Um, that may have been Thirty Eight Special you were watching. You think so? I think Thirty Eight Special had two rhythm sections, like two drummers and two bass players. Uh, Radiohead, Radiohead does that. Two Do drummers, they? yeah. At two, the same two, time, two percussionists. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dirt bombs have two drummers. Not not for the album, but for live shows they do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bloop. Yeah. yeah anyway, uh, yeah. No, that none of that music ever makes it here. So, was anybody moved or offended by the Chris Chelios retirement ceremonies, where he kind of offended? He kind of, yeah, he was kind of he was kind of poor mouth in Detroit. Like, uh, yeah, he got traded Detroit. You know, that wasn't good news. He got he won two cups here and got to play till he was like forty seven. But uh, I, I was. Well, what do you what do you consider him? Do you consider him a Red Wing or a Black? Why why were you offended? What did you say about Detroit specifically that offended you? Well, it was just kind of like, yeah, I love Chicago, Chicago. Then I got traded to Detroit. Well, they're the ones retiring his number though right now. What do you want him to say? They are, but I thought 
I thought he had a pretty good run here in Detroit, and frankly, yeah. Detroit stuck with him longer than they should have, and Detroit supported his bar and his family. He had a bar. And, he was a bar in Chicago, then. Didn't, didn't he have one in Chicago as well? Uh, they had a family restaurant. I don't know if he had a bar in Chicago. I know that he went to every bar in Chicago. <laughs> I banged he, everybody at every bar in Chicago. He played here 10 years, Chicago 9 years, but I think he played more games in Chicago. The thing about Chelly, uh, that's worth. Chelly is... Well, he had more success here. He was Not a Hollywood uh, guy, wasn't he, Chelly? Oh, yeah. had that. Malibu Mafia. I remember when I was in uh, L.A. for... I was doing a takeout. This is back in the days when we used to travel for a single takeout. It was crazy. But anyway... I was in a story in Iserman, and I was in uh, uh, where the Kings play. So maybe the wherever the Staples Great Center, Western Forum. Forum. Yeah, no, no, no. It was it was this the Staples. It was the Staples it was Center the new one at, at that point. Yeah, it had yeah. just been built. Okay. That was Staples. And I'm standing there, and and in guess who comes in to see Chelly? It was Jeremy Piven, John McEnroe, and. Uh, John Cusack. Yeah, well, those yeah. are all Chicago guys, except for McEnroe. Yeah, they were all, yeah. McEnroe was in Chicago the other night, right? With Eddie Vedder, and Dennis Rodman was there, and, and then John, John C. McGinley would wear yeah. Red Wings jerseys on scrubs because of Chelios. So, Never a fan of Chelios. Yeah, well, you know, in terms of, in terms of his... Why? Most of those guys, that, that 2002 or 2001 or whatever, that cup team, like Brett Hall, they, they were just... They were not pleasant fellows, you know, even Iserman. Well, Iserman's never been known for his great personal warmth. No. But well, but no, he was just, but at least he was just sort of quiet. But some of those other that guys That was his were, style, yeah. You know, it was much more interesting to sit and talk with Fedorov, for example. Yeah. Huh. Or Lidstrom, who was quiet, but it was at least, you know. I like Shelly. Shelly was a blast, man. We'd have him on. He was a lot of fun to talk to. You liked him? Yeah. Uh, well, he was definitely someone who lived life and loved life so when i was working in chicago the uh the olympic team had just flamed out in nagano and the men's men's olympic men's usa olympic hockey team had a bit of a scandal because they trashed the dormitory where they were staying and so olympic officials that. wanted to look into it and they wanted to bring charges or whatever and chelios was the captain of that team that which which poorly poorly underperformed they got out of there like immediately. And I was driving home from work one night um, and I was listening to Chicago sports talk radio, which is even more obnoxious than Detroit talk radio. And they were going on about, a, yeah, Chelly, uh, you know, they didn't do so good over there, but, uh, you know, he's he's all broken up there. You know, they they didn't they didn't perform. You know, he's got to be hurt. And he flew home. He just wants to rest and recover and get ready for the rest of the NHL season because that was <laughs> and all this other shit and stash from the south side's like, yeah, you know, it was, it was a shame there, disgrace there. And I, the day after they skated from, Japan was at Yahtzee's, which is a big bar on the north side, full of young people, Lincoln Park types. Shelly walks in. This is the middle of winter, wearing some like OP shorts, some tank top with some other buddy of his. He walks in and all he's doing, you can see he's looking around like, okay, which chick am I going to take home tonight? And they're getting bombed out. I'm like, so I call on the radio show. I say, uh, you know, I was just at Yahtzee's and Shelly is not upset. He was already partying as soon as his plane landed. You know, so blah, you squealed. Yeah. <laughs> They wouldn't put me on the air because, like, uh, you know, we, you know, we don't want to, we can't have unsubstantiated, you know, allegations on the air about somebody, you know. But you diced. thought you would right or wrong. So what I said was, good. listen, ah. I said I work for the Daily Southtown. I'm a professional journalist. I'm a reporter. I'm a credible source. 
you know, yeah, you know, we, I talked, yeah, we just talked, we're not going to put you on. So that whole town was covering for this guy. And, but he was, he was one of the amazing hockey characters of all time. I mean, as a physical specimen for longevity, for talent, for grittiness. At one time, he was a big goal scorer. He was a captain of the Montreal Canadiens as yeah. an American, which is insane. But holy shit, if there wasn't a guy who chased more ass and drank more beers than Chelios, I, whatever, I'll what, eat my hat. Whatever happened to John Cusack? Does he still make movies? Uh, he uh, yeah. tweets a lot. He retweets I, a lot. I see so him tweet a lot. Political. Like Jerry, yeah. Jeremy very, Piven, part of that crew, he got me too, right? So he, yeah. But he's still back, isn't he? Is he? I but I, was. but but Cusack's the one I was curious about. It's just a tweeter. No? This, you know what I took out of your story there? It's really interesting how, um, well, we talk about phones and how that has changed over time. It's interesting because people would used to cover for sports stars. Now people can't wait to bust them because it's so easy to bust people because you have that phone in your hand. Like if that was today, there would have been multiple people filming him at Yahtzee's. Oh, yeah. No, that you, you wouldn't have needed me to call. You'd just find it on a feed somewhere. Or maybe it would have been their topic that day. It's like, what's, hey, what's Chelios doing drinking beers when he should be drinking from the, the, the cup? It's like, well, they give you gold medals. Whatever. Yeah, so much of sports radio, though, is just, like shitting on the people now. I don't know where the Chicago guys turned oh, into true. Brooklyn guys, but somewhere in there they, they kind of morphed a little, <laughs> little, little, little south you cut, side you Boston it enough. too. It's very but, nice. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, so the, the, the I was I was so happy to see – Patrick Kane scored the overtime winner, so they kind of stole Chelly's thunder on Chelly night. Yeah. And it was a former Blackhawk who did it, which was was awesome. Probably the best Blackhawk ever. Uh, you got Bobby Hall, Hall. there. Yeah. I think you're gonna you have to go a, a long way to get past the Golden Jet. If he hadn't gone to the WHA, he would have. Uh, he probably would have scored more goals than Gretzky. I mean, How many cups was, did he win back when there were six teams? Uh, they won a few, I think. I don't know. It's like saying Bob Cousy's better than Steph Curry to me, but <laughs> it, it okay. It, it's is that true? Bill is Bill Russell better than LeBron James? Hell no, no. He's got more, rings. Has more rings. You're yeah. the one who just asked how many championships Hall had. So I thought oh, you. Oh, were... I mean, when there were two teams, yeah, you, you fifty percent chance every year. Oh, they didn't have that many NBA teams back then <laughs> okay. either. No, they didn't. So same point applies. Or you could say the talent's diluted now, so that when you win a championship, or that there are twice as many people on the planet, the talent's never been better. You could say that. Why don't too. you just get a room with the NBA? You could say that too, right? John Bobbitt. You know what I mean? You can have. You, you can, can just use. Uh, oh, it's diluted. Ron Jeremy it's is a diluted. doorstop. Yeah, they're 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 eight billion people now, and they were two billion back then. But yeah, it's diluted. What? Okay, so now that we're done with uh, Sean's eugenics lesson and. Uh, <laughs> Eugenics, it's just simple fucking population numbers. Well, then why wouldn't Steph Curry be better now? Because he had to rise above more people. Yeah, that's what like I'm saying. It's a lot better. Than Bob Cousy? Yes. Wait. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were saying Cousy was better. No, I'm saying Patrick Kane saying that, oh, Bobby Hull, I'm, whatever. You could argue the talent was more concentrated back then because there were fewer teams. And a lot fewer people that the pool was coming from. Okay, we're going to get on to something that makes sense, uh, and that, of course, is my latest column for the Detroit Free Press. Does it which, make sense? Oh, it doesn't, was, it doesn't make sense at all. I was really a little bit lost. Yeah, we were having can, so much fun, too. Can you please break it down for me? Read, read oh, it sure, now. sure. Yeah, so, so this column, uh, for those of you who didn't see it, it's about a Wayne County contractor 
who's been and if you didn't see what the hell man no it's a great column because you 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 went through millions of people to get to the free press to write this column sean there were more people alive when i wrote this column than when you started in journalism you want to compare your early journalism to this column there's no way yours is much better no for sure yours is a bob cousy of columns this was a steph curry column yeah no yours is much better hey you 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 have a left hand. Back then, nobody did. So yeah, yours is much better. I may be using my right you hand. You could dribble with both hands. <laughs> I already said I had small hands, but it's not. Remember when Larry Bird was celebrated because he had a left hand? Anybody ever get celebrated? Did they be able to dribble with their left hand now? No, of course not. Okay. How did we get back to seventies basketball again? That was eighties, but seventy nine. He was drafted in seventy nine, I believe. His first year was 1980. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, he didn't do anything in 79 except lose to Magic Johnson. Oh, it's back to Michigan State. No, it's back to Johnson's. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that took a long time to turn it, but we got there. Um, No, it was just all in to keep you away from the college. Yeah, why should we discuss anything of public policy or take people behind the scenes in a difficult decision to write a high-impact piece of public uh, Because we want to talk about Ron Jeremy. I want to talk about You know, I'm not going to be here next weekend. Can we just pick this up when I'm somewhere else and you can talk about Bob Cousy and uh, and and, uh, Ron Jeremy in a jacuzzi? You can be all koozy next week. In fact, I'll bring you a soda. You can put it in a koozie so it stays cold. Okay, that was one too many. So, anyway, um, (laughs) we had a column. Which reminds me, let me get to uh, let me get to an early piece of feedback here from uh, some people call him a gentleman. I call him uh, a jerk, but his name is Frank, and he tweeted. I, I said, you know, we're moving up in the rankings on Chartable. He said, you move up fast if you got rid of your lame attempt at humor. Your wife was great. Mark and Sean are real pros. Pretty good podcast. Oh, jeez. So we got that out of the way. Uh, there we go. Thank you. Uh, do, Thank I sound, you. do I sound like a pro today, though, Frank? Probably not. Sorry to disappoint. Um, Once well, again, it's not always about you, Sean. When we were kids, we used to call people pros, and I, we'd say, "Are you a pro?" And they'd say, "Yeah, I'm a pro." We said, "Well, that means permanently our object." And you can't say what ours anymore, but it, it, it stands for development. Oh, I, I gotcha. Yeah. So, anyway, the Detroit Free Press on Sunday published a piece of watchdog journalism in which a high-ranking former Wayne County official, who's now a highly compensated Wayne County contractor, was arrested for domestic violence for beating. A woman and uh that's not right but one of the things that people really seem to resonate really seem to resonate with people is the fact that this individual's name is tony saunders is making four times as much as a contractor as he did as a wayne county employee he is a uh, a close associate of wayne county executive warren evans who is thinking of running for mayor of detroit and so this column exposed well, what, what what kind of okay? I'm sorry, but what kind of contracting work is he doing? What did he do when he worked for the city? So he was the chief financial officer, a job that he paid. He was paid about one hundred sixty thousand dollars a year to do, and while doing that job, Ross Jones at at Channel Seven exposed a lot of of side deals that he had. This is a very important position. It's the kind of job that people work on from the minute they wake up until the minute they go to bed. And Ross revealed that he had contracts in Tennessee and in Maryland working as a financial advisor to governments that were trying to get out of trouble. And I did some digging and I found out he was also advising the city of Pontiac as they were trying to get out of their financial trouble. So 
At the same time, he was highly compensated, had a very key position. He was making all kinds of money on the side. And you wonder, well, how the hell do you have the time to do that? Are you really earning that money? But isn't that like a, cons- I mean, I'm not trying to defend the guy, but isn't that like a consulting gig where you would have multiple clients? Well, he was a full-time employee of Wayne County at that time. He was trying to keep Wayne County out of bankruptcy. So, so that's- he wasn't allowed to do that? Well, so here's the other thing, and this is part of Ross's, uh, some of Ross's reporting back in the, in the late 20-teens, was that in Wayne County, if you do have other employment, you have to file a disclosure form that lists your other clients uh. and what else you're doing, and you need to get approval. And he didn't do any of that until Ross started asking. And one of the things that Ross reported was that um, the county said, well, he did fill out one of these forms, but we couldn't find it. So we recreated it. (laughs) Well, that doesn't seem suspicious. So then he leaves the county gig and he's working as a consultant, both to the county and to Rock. At the time, Rock is negotiating a half a billion dollar deal with the county. That's a little bit of a conflict. To build a jail, and of course, Rock and Mr. Saunders says, "Well, I'm not on the I'm not on the jail negotiation deal." But he is working with another guy who runs and manages Wayne County buildings, so he's being paid by Wayne County to basically manage their properties. And he's in business with. Tony Saunders, who mm. was one of the people at the county who would have been involved in the sale of those buildings. And by the way, one of the businesses that's doing work to rehab one of those buildings is a brother of Warren Evans, who's the Wayne County executive. <laughs> and one of the things that this story, I hope, really opened people's eyes to is that Wayne County, which everybody but Ross Jones ignores has its own friends and family plan. And if you're connected to Warren Evans, you can get a pretty good deal. And if you are somebody like Tony Saunders, who had some time with the county and is now making some money as a consultant, he's being paid his 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 $25,000 a month that he gets to work as a consultant is twice what he was being paid when he was a full-time employee. But he only works 20 hours a week so he's actually making wow. four times what he was being paid when he was a full-time employee. And here's the other thing about it. He was hired to help find a new chief financial officer, which he did. Where did that person come from? I'm not sure. Mm. But once they found this person, like, well, we need to keep Tony on to advise this new <laughs> My CFO. My God, a waste of money. Yeah, so this thing just becomes a money pit, and it's all going to a guy who now we learned has been arrested and charged with beating a woman. And so I contacted the county to say, does this affect his status as a contractor? Do you have any concerns about somebody getting all these taxpayer dollars? Do they have anything in the, in the um, I don't know what they call it. Like the a morals Constitu- clause? Yeah, yeah. No, not in the contract that I saw. But these are the kind of things where if you were a full-time employee, the county might say, you know, we're going to suspend you with pay pending the outcomes of the charges. Sure. We're going to investigate this. We're concerned. We don't want our employees to be involved in legal matters, particularly crimes, particularly crimes against people who may be considered less vulnerable. And the other thing that I think this column exposed is that like too many governments and too many public officials, they have a lot of people paid to be in the communications department. Mm-hmm. And when you call them, they don't, they don't communicate. communicate. Yeah. They run you around, and in the end, they just give you a statement that says, we got nothing to say. Yeah, but at least they share that statement with you two times. Yeah, that when I said, this doesn't seem to say anything, because <laughs> I also want to talk to them about, well, why is he being paid so much to do work that 
he helped hire somebody to do. They resent me the same statement, but they sent it to me in italics. Yeah. Like that was supposed to mean anything. Well, I think what it meant was F you, but um, it certainly didn't help any of us in the public understand why this situation was allowed to go on. So, Are you surprised there's no morals cause for you know contracting work? Do other cities do that? I, you know, I, I don't know that they have a morals clause. Like when I worked and like most people who work in broadcast, you have something that's literally called, this is the yeah, morals clause. Yeah. If oh, you yeah. do this conduct, it could void your contract. I think they have more uh, generic terms like you're expected to conduct yourself in a professional manner, which could range from anything to, you know, don't get caught on a construction site. <laughs> Pretty subjective. You know, pissing off the top of, uh, you know, the top floor to, you know, don't don't buy uh, parts from your cousin at Shady's Broken Car Parts supplier you know i don't know but uh but there are there are some rules where you have to conduct yourself in a certain manner it was a good example by the way <laughs> have you ever gotten anything from shady's car parts no no but i I just like seeing your brain spin there trying to figure that one out that was... Well, i was waiting for sean to chime in but clearly he's bored from this story so no, that was fun He's looking at Bob Cousy's stats. Very good ball <laughs> basketball player for the Celtics, by the I way. Love, uh, I love how Very Mike always good. goes back to the And that shot, have you ever seen the so video of him shooting where he pulls it down to his him? chest yeah, and he, yeah. he shoots and his leg kicks out? I, yeah, mean, I just love how, how I could block Mike, that shot. Mike get long, you know, bites onto something early in the show and then it and then it's a theme the rest of the show. It's great. Well, Sean, we're here in Dallas. You're in the suburbs of Fort Worth, so I understand why you... It's a callback. There you go. You're, you're, that's, a, that's an you're oldie. disconnected. Every time you're, I, every, next thing you know, he's going to be talking about Soba bikes in Tokyo. <laughs> every time I read one of your articles, I go, God, why didn't I work in government? It seems like you can't do anything to get fired, and it seems like you make way more money than you should. Way to stoke the fires. Well, it depends who are your friends. You know, if you don't have friends... Whip up the anger. You're not going to get the job. Well, you should be angry about it, man. Well, this guy's getting paid. Well, let me ask Mike a serious question. For, okay, so for however many folks like this, how many are there that just go to, in the government, just in government employees that just go to work and do their job and go home and don't uh, screw anybody over? Well, the rank and file. I would think Which the vast majority of them. And if you read uh, a story in the Detroit News this week, you would find out that there are clerks in the courthouse who do exactly that. They go to work and they go home who are incredibly undercompensated. In fact, Wayne County has trouble hiring sheriff's deputies. It has trouble hiring clerical workers because when Tony Saunders was CFO, they slashed pay and benefits to avoid bankruptcy. So I guess that's, you know, understandable. But what ends up happening is these people who just go to work and do their jobs are not even making a fair wage while someone who's only going to work 20 hours a week and we don't even know what they're doing when they're working and the work they're supposed to be doing is supporting the people they hired to do the work that they're being paid to support them to do are being lavishly compensated. And so if you're one of those folks who is a good off. and loyal county employee, you should be saying, you're telling me there's not enough money to pay us? Well, people always but talk this about guy's making $312 an hour? People always oh, talk sure. about so maybe you wouldn't want to be a government employee, Mark, right? Why? Well, I'm, I he was, wants to be a contract. I was being very facetious. You but, were, <laughs> yes. Um, I couldn't tell. But uh, it's really interesting because we all want better policing, which I think would happen if you paid police more. You know, paid them more money. So wouldn't this be a place you could take money from a contractor who God knows what they're doing for sure and 
paid police. So yeah, if you if you yeah. rank and file, absolutely. Teachers and cops. Yeah. We should pay teachers and cops as much as we can possibly afford. And firefighters. And, and expect the best. Firefighters too, but but teachers and cops are the ones that if they don't do their jobs, people go to jail. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 and that's it's that's that simple. So let's let's get those people. And and people are generally happy to see firefighters when they show up. They're not happy to see cops when they show up, and they don't generally smile when the teacher shows up either because they're usually asking for homework or handing out a grade. But but anyway, this is the guy who would tell people there's not enough money. Yeah. Turns out there's not enough money unless it's going to him. So you can read that whole column, or you can read it to Sean. Great we'll job. We'll have a link <laughs> to job, it on Mike. our website. No, I. You know Mike what? Mike kicks butt I mean, for us, Mark. He he really does. No, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm people I'm, read it too. I can tell. I can tell our listeners that without giving too much away. I have you know. I can see what the. What the the numbers are, what the stories do, and 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 Mike connects with people, and his his columns do very very well, and that's so it's good well, for us too. It doesn't seem like many people. So are do watching, Sean's, yeah. by the way. He just doesn't want to say that because he's no. the Bob Cousy of the Free Press, and I am Steph Curry. No, I went to uh, buckets. I went to uh, Michigan Purdue the other day. Nobody <laughs> read it, which is not a shock. Ugh. It's not a shock. You know, it's okay. People in Indiana might have read it. Yeah. Right. Right. No. Sometimes, but sometimes Mike will tell you this. Sometimes you got to go. Just you got to show up. You, you know, and you just have to be there and and take yeah, the, like every take, Tuesday and take the hit. Yeah. No, for sure. I was. Uh, that what we call that? No. Last week was standing date that we have. Look, I missed you guys personally last week, but uh, yeah, it was. What nice. do you mean? We were all here. It was nice not to. Um, well, I zoomed in, I guess. So it was nice not to have to make the drive. Sean, you're our third flame. <laughs> the triplet flame listen to last week's show and you'll know what i'm talking not about. the twin flame sean i could see clearly now the rain is gone or because i had lasik <laughs> and if you're watching televised football on high def the world has become the greatest excuse me if you're watching televised football in the high def world it is the greatest show on earth the clarity and intimacy provided by those microphones and cameras can be mesmerizing. It's technology that was unimaginable not long ago. The same goes for the technology that Dr. Yaldo uses. You need HD quality vision to fully enjoy HD television, and no one in Michigan provides as expertly or more often than Yaldo does. A Drew and Mike listener named Dana Wolf wrote their podcast and said he was recovering from his clear lens procedure and gave Yaldo... Not surprisingly, a five-star review. Implanting high-tech precision lenses, called clear lenses, is the perfection of a very simple surgical procedure. It's the same as routine cataract surgery that millions of older Americans get every year. But these lenses are bifocal, enabling precise near vision that cataract lenses can't. Now, Wolf is 52, and I'm 56, and I will tell you, once you hit 40, even if you have perfect Long vision, far vision, your near vision is going to suffer and you're going to need glasses. You're going to need to use that light on your camera to read menus and stuff like that. Well, Mr. Wolf doesn't. He looks at computer screens all day and is thrilled at the difference his new bifocal clear lens implants make. Clear lenses are implanted to give crisp close vision and eliminate the need for reading glasses and to also allow you to see with stunning precision at all distances it's quick painless and permanent and if you've had your fill of glasses and who hasn't or contacts Mm. uh, i couldn't wait to get rid of contacts 
Do what Dana Wolf and hundreds of other listeners to Drew and Mike and the Soul of Detroit have done. See Dr. Yaldwin get amazing vision at all distances. And when you go see the doctor, why? Tell him why? Because ML sent me. Again, you want to get there? You want to get there in style? You yes. want to get there on a budget? Of course, yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't? No, Got to drive. Go where Mark goes. That's yeah. Zot Ford of Holly. Our friends at Zot Ford and Holly continue to make buying and leasing as well as servicing your car, truck, and SUV simple, fun, fast, easy, and most important to those of us who have considerable Scottish heritage, affordable. Plus, right now, Zot Ford has some things most dealerships don't. New Ford Mavericks, full-size Ford Broncos, and diesel Super Duties in stock and ready for immediate delivery. In addition, right now, when you see our friends at, in Holly, you can get 0% financing up to 60 months. That's five years. Or up to $10,000 cash back. That's 10 Gs, friends, on select new Fords in inventory. Plus, Zot's leases are still ridiculously good with payments under 200 bucks on new 2024 Ford Escapes and Ford Edges. Or get lease payments around 300 bucks a month on the new 2023 Ford Bronco Sports, that's Teresa's favorite, and loaded F-150 Super Cabs, which she wishes she had when she's trying to move furniture. So let's try and keep mm. her in that Bronco, shall we? All from our friends and studio sponsors, Zot Ford and Holly. And you can support us by supporting them and make sure to shout, ML sent me! When you walk into their showroom, tell Steve that you're there because ML said, go tell Steve that you're there. Because you know, ML it's interesting. In the beginning me. of the copy, you talk about fun, fast, easy. It is one of the loose, no, I don't know, it's loose. No, that's fine. I'll say it. it is a very loose and easy uh, showroom because, you know, sometimes you can be a little intimidating going to buy a car. Who else could tolerate yeah. Tom Mazaway than exactly. the easiest going exactly. dealership in the world? Yeah. Very easy going. So, yeah. Can't recommend so, them enough. Go in there, wake up Maz, and see, oh, and make sure, we'll but, but you got to give him some room. Because if he feels if he feels crowded in that concourse, he's never going back. <laughs> never going back. Forgot about that. He's he's sworn off Spartan Stadium forever. Such a liar. Yeah, he's <laughs> never going back until the next time somebody says, "Hey, man, I got some free tickets." Like, oh, you got any? You got any, uh, <laughs> you speaking, got any food vouchers too? Yeah. Speaking of concourse, who was this that saw me at the concourse at uh, Little Teebs. Caesars? Our buddy Teebs. I, I am uh, just a big doughy balding uh, guy. I'm not. Uh, you know, well, that's what he said. He said it was either Sean or the Schmoo. I'm not uh, <laughs> hard to approach at all. Anybody remember the Schmoo? No. What is the Schmoo? Frank says it's another lame attempt at humor. See the details and their vivacious inventory at dealsinthed.com. That's it. That's at Zot Ford and Holly. How many times are we going to hear Frank now? What? Well, I mean, it clearly got under his craw. Some people know. consider Frank the. Uh, consider Frank I the, am going to use the LASIK stuff that we're. Uh, we're, uh, what, are, what are we doing? We're helping them out. No, they're helping us out. I'm going to use the LASIK stuff so I can see that Bob Cousy uh, is not nearly as good as Steph Curry. <laughs> Sean can pee clearly now. The reeds are gone. That's a new song that we're doing. So he wanted to be here for Room 7609, which is coming up shortly. Oh, we're, there's one more read. We're not skipping it? Oh, jeez. No, before we get to worst. our Geek of the Week, we have to tell you about Luke and Zach. We told people, we promised people we had a contract with people, our listeners. That's right. Pinnacle. And we would tell them how they can save you money or how you, how they can make you help you save money so you have The market's been roaring, too. So Today? The, huh? It was a little sketchy last week for it a minute. It was. It was. It's been, well, I don't look, don't look day-to-day. -day. I know, even, I even do. Luke and Zach will tell this, you not to look day-to-day, -day, even I though I do. I need to never make a, a decision. Don't do it. What? Don't do what? Look day-to-day. -day. Are we no. doing Beretta now? 
Oh, where's your fucking parakeet? You don't do it. Um, but Luke and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth, they let them manage your money, or at least call them at 248-663-4748 and get a free consultation um, so they can tell you, like, oh, yeah, you want stocks, bonds, uh, this is how old you are, here's where we can put your money, uh, at least hear them out. Once again, 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke and Zach, they'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Bonaic Wealth. Sync member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Bonaic Wealth. Sync is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent. Bonaic Wealth. Sync. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? So, Sean, do you remember my old city hall partner, Eric Lords? I do. I, I remember hooping with him. He was a funny, funny guy. And and we were driving to Chicago for a journalism conference, and I had on uh, 70s cop TV shows um, theme song CD. And <laughs> and Beretta came on. Oh, my God. Eye of the Sparrow, which was sung by Sammy Davis Jr. And Eric goes, Eye on the Sparrow, just one eye, because Sammy Davis. And he, he reaches it, and he says, because he only had that one eye. And if you're watching us on Patreon, you know exactly. Can we examine the fact that you, what album did you choose for a road trip? That is insanely annoying. It was a long road trip. No, those 70s theme shows were great. The theme from SWAT, Beretta. But each track is, what, a minute 20? Well, that's the other problem. You know what's interesting to, to me? I also had golden throats. About those shows is that so many of them were just was one guy. A, uh, it, was, it was like... Vigi- was it was not a Ron Jeremy movie. It was the decade of, of the vigilante, right? I mean, Death Wish was obviously in the, in the mm-hmm. movie with Charles Charles Bronson, but uh, so many of those guys, so many of those shows were one guy going out fighting the injustice of the world. When when the, the truth is, the, the buddy, you know, if you have a couple of people or an ensemble, it's, it's, it's generally much better. So when did that all change? Miami Vice? Uh, maybe, oh. right? Maybe no, so. because you I, had Starsky and Hutch in the yeah, 70s. True. Hill Street Blues, maybe? Yeah. And uh, no, By but, the way, but no, there were a few bad chips, right? There were a few bad chips. Yeah. Uh, great theme song. Uh, Qu- Quincy, uh, Quincy, uh, what was Quincy. It was just it was, Quincy. It was him. He had, he, he had help, but so many. He had Sam. The Rockford Files was, of course, you know, James, just James Garner. He had yeah, but he also had Isaac guys. Hayes. He did. He used to call him Rockfish. And remember Angel, and he had his dad, yeah, Elijah Cook say, Jr., the, yep, yep, yep. one of the great uh, noir film theme uh, stars. Oh, no, it wasn't Elijah Cook oh, Jr. I mean, it was just that it era, was not right? Elijah it, Cook I Jr. mean, D- I Dirty Harry, right? There were just all these sort of characters going out, and uh, because the society changed so much in the seventies, so we had all these single guys. We're going to go out and, and kill the hippies. Basically. Those seventies <laughs> cop shows. That's basically what it was. Those seventy cop shows were just like those English. Uh, police procedurals that you like where it's always some quirky cop who's outside the lines who follows his own instincts and everybody hates him his boss is always yelling at him but in the end he gets his man well it's, woman. it's usually and they're usually paired up with somebody who speaking but, uh, of woman uh, angie dickinson policewoman remember yeah. that oh yeah i have a uh big old holloman fan pointless small piece of information the hill street well, blues you're gonna fit right in here today. the hill street blues theme you know the hill street blues theme no, yeah. that was eighties though. Mike, right? what's his name? Right, I uh, I performed at a piano recital. I think I was in fourth what? grade. <laughs> did you record that? No, no. no somebody I also, did. That's like the only song I ever remember doing in my piano recital besides Hava Nagila. Oh wow! Which you know, I don't know why that was my song, but that's what the song was. Did you have a little dance routine that goes with? Dun, it? Dun, 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 dun. I could have been an organist in a hockey arena. 
Don't they play that at a hockey arena? God, there's Somebody a lot of Oregon up. talk today. We yeah. gotta we gotta get back to our geek of the week. <laughs> Who is our geek of the week? Yes, it's well, it's Tony Saunders, but not the one you think. Tony Saunders is a naked man who stole a school bus to transport a dead deer before <laughs> leading cops in a huge chase in Florida. This is a different Tony Saunders. This gentleman is 25 years old. He's been charged with fleeing an officer, receiving stolen property, reckless driving, and resisting arrest after allegedly stealing a school bus in Pennsylvania. Whoa. Yeah, I'm going to read this a little closer. The Carroll Township Police Department received reports around 7 p.m. amid concerns a bus was driving erratically in Abbottstown. Oh, he's from Florida, but he was in Pennsylvania. Authorities take warned, the man out of Florida, but you can't take oh, the Florida out of the man. Here's more members. Oh, authorities warned members <laughs> of the public to be on the lookout for the yellow bus, which had its yellow and red lights flashing. A report said officers caught up to the bus driving north in the area of Mechanicsburg, Bowmansdale, exit on Route 15. Officers attempted to conduct a traffic stop on school bus, and the bus eventually pulled over near the junction at the PA Turnpike. Keanu Reeves was nowhere to be found. Instead, there was this screwhead who had stolen the bus stopped it, and then fled barefoot into the woods. Police said he led them through parking lots and busy traffic areas, stripped naked once the cops caught him. He went bare ass as soon as he was caught. The nude move, always a popular one. Mm. Police said the male stripped his clothing as he fled from police, and after being apprehended in the nude, attempted, admitted to taking the bus early in the day after crashing a BMW. In the nude. In the nude. Do you like to eat uh, naked? What? No, no one does. It's gross. I mean, have you ever eaten naked? Do you, do you feel uncomfortable if you eat I mean, naked? I mean, is this a, is this a reference mean, to... I, I don't mean in a restaurant. To, I mean, lunch. Home. Define eat. Yeah, naked lunch is a book, not you, a way to eat. Are you uncomfortable if you use a fork while you're naked? No. Why? I just was curious if you're comfortable enough with yourself to sit at the table or sit in a chair. No. Or in your bed. It's not sanitary. <laughs> why i don't know because there's open orifices so you're not comfortable with yourself basically oh god isn't that's not obvious <laughs> I that no i just dude, when he was talking about naked i was just it reminds me that's, of a, that's where your head went remember well no remember the old basket remember the basketball coach at temple john cheney yeah oh yeah i remember yeah. John it was a great profile of him in sports illustrated back in the 90s and he used to like to after uh some games get a big mess of ribs and put a, a tablecloth on his bed, strip down naked and eat the ribs on his bed. That's and that, disgusting. That image has always stuck with me. It's disgusting. Well, that's unfortunate. That's sort of, sort of a primal. Unfortunate for you, us, and our listeners. You know, kind of. I mean, I'm sure that's what we did for a long, long time, right? We ate naked. We did everything naked. So why is it, yeah, it's why just, is it now kind of. Well, that's the, that's the crazy thing about societies. We tend to evolve. Is it is realize I mean, that that's or we just got away from, right? We don't even know where our food comes. Uh, that's another story. All right. <laughs> wait, wait. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. The, my geek of the week are the refs who did not call the foul in New York against the Pistons. Yeah. What oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. And totally screwed the poor Pistons trying to get their the ninth playoffs. win of the year out. Yeah, they that could keep them out of the playoffs. <laughs> Thank you for finally participating. They, no, but uh, but Monty, Their chance of getting number more Monty Williams is, is going to. I'm sure going to have a the head coach of the Pistons You're probably going to have a big fine. Yeah. Because he went off. Well, he should be fine. He's the highest paid coach in the league with the worst team in the league. And that's Sean's Geek of the Week. Yeah, I said my piece.
song what's next i'm worried about sean a guy who is freaked out that people eat with clothes on what's he gonna do when he sees an electric car it's like (laughs) holy shit i just put some pants on to have this cereal and now there's a car i'm not it's not using gas i'm not worried about you hey eating your clothes eat without your clothes whatever the point is it's whatever you want that's the thing. Not in here, bub. Uh, this is a clothing mandatory studio if you bring a snack. Yeah, I don't care if you're nude at home eating. It's weird. It's very weird, but what do I, what do I, I don't care what you do in your house. It's gross. Yeah. How is it gross? It's not sanitary. Oh, so it's not sanitary. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not, how is it not sanitary? I don't know, because your anus is nearby. What? Uh, so you take a bite of your out? push. So you're eating your pushki or whatever, punchki, and you take a bite, and then you wipe your ass with it and take another bite. What the fuck? What do you mean it's near your ass? Dude, ru- you're still I- under suspicion for complaining that people expect you to wash your hands after you go to the can. Now you want to eat naked? That, no, 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 no. That was George Carlin's. That was George Carlin's line. I'll wash my. I, hand. Did, I don't. I'll wash my hands after I poop when I use my hands to wipe, wipe my butt. That was Carlin's bit. <laughs> well, he was trying to make a. He was trying to make a point. Look, like Europeans, a lot of other countries in the world think that we are weirdly obsessed with germs and have a, a, a cultural national case of OCD. And he was trying to make the larger point that there's some truth to that, right? Like the way we clean, the way we all the chemicals we keep in our closet to clean every surface of the house, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I'm glad we do it that way. USA. When- when, when you can just go out. I've been obsessed with these log cabin videos getting built out in the Romania or wherever. Have you, have you seen these videos? To be, guy, a, a guy takes a little axe and builds an entire house with an axe. It's fucking awesome. I have seen I have seen a TV show like that. Yeah, yeah no, it's incredible. Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, do we finally have to get to room 7, 8, 9, 10 or whatever? David says, <laughs> I was ashamed with myself. After this conversation, you have no reason to be ashamed of anything, David. When I learned that about Sunday Rain by the Foo Fighters, I bought their 2017 album Concrete and Gold, notable for its singles Run and The Sky is a Neighborhood, and God's gave the album The Road Test. Not my favorite album, but it has some great tracks. Check out La Di Da and Make It Right, but completely passed by Sunday Rain. So, David, thank you for bringing it to this this to our attention. Here is the Foo Fighters and a special guest with Sunday Rain.
dialogue got a little wacky here at the end, though. I was I was with Dave up until about the last eight bars, but but Dave says it wasn't until I saw a YouTube clip, Dave Grohl and the late great Ta- Taylor Hawkins on a European talk show. He heard anything. He had not heard anything about Sunday Rain until he saw this talk show. But he did note that it was written by Grohl, but he thought it would sound better. Grohl, that is, though Dave wasn't consulting with the band at that point, um, that it would sound better if the song was sung by Hawkins, who was the drummer and lead singer of his own group, Chevy Metal. So Grohl, as you may know, played drums for Foo Fighters. So Dave says, so Grohl probably played drums on this, right? He's like, no. He calls on Paul McCartney, that's Sir Paul McCartney to you, who he's developed a friendship with over the years to sub in behind the drums. And Dave says, I can hear him ever so slightly on the backing vocals. Actually, I hear a lot of McCartney in there. That almost sounds like a McCartney song. So uh, Dave says, I went back A little bit to the does, album. doesn't it? It does. It has a little Beatles feel, a little wings or something. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say. Could use some bonus wings right now. I know, Sean. It's the uh, chicken breast filet of, of lunch. Wait a second. You, you, you don't want the bone? I don't like the bone. No. no. I thought you liked the bone. No. What bone? No. I'm, 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 I thought everybody liked the bone. As a Bob Cousy fan, it's all white meat for me or you can get out. <laughs> That's the way it's got to be. Um, so he went back. So, but I do so like no Ty Curry. I do like Ty Curry. Is that close <laughs> enough to Steph Curry? Is that how I'm going to bridge the generation to? Well, you like the boneless wings, which are just little uh, processed whatever, right? Yeah, they're nuggets. Mashed together white meat, I guess. They're fillets. They're fillets. I, it's probably crushed up beaks. No, no, no. With no. gelatin. That's, yeah, that's, that's well, my hey, If it tastes good, who cares? No, no, for sure. Says the taquito from 7-Eleven. Fuck man. yeah. So uh, Dave went back to the album and listened to the song, and I, he now considers it one of his top Foo Fighter hmm. tracks, which is a huge list already. You think the Foo Fighters like taquitos? Oh, yeah. I bet they do. Those are normal guys. That rock. Uh, plus, they're out that all rock. hours. Who knows? They're partying. Yeah, they're, they'll eat whatever you put in front of them. And they would obviously eat it naked. Oh, God. Get off I think they All do. I'm going to think about now is you eating nude. No, but you can think of Dave <laughs> Grohl eating a taquito with nude. You're going to be eating that free press food nude. People are going to see you take your plate to your little seat and <laughs> buckle your pants, take your shirt off. That's right. Just like Sean's filing his story and uh, and having an egg roll uh, in his birthday suit. <laughs> Imagine just going up there. Is that, is that duck sauce the you room, taking to see your me. shirt off before you eat, Sean? <laughs> Yeah, that's the... And then act like everybody else is weird for not doing it. Hey, just get down to what you came into the world with, right? <laughs> you may I mean, have been a little more bare back then. So, so, so God made us weird if you believe in God? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, weird is wonderful. Okay. I'm telling you, when this guy sees an electric car, he's going to lose it. <laughs> so we want to uh, thank Dave for sending us a suggestion. Thank you, Dave. Great song. Room 7609 is where we play obscure tracks and maybe obscure bands, but you've got to give us a story with it. And if you don't, you'll be stuck with whatever I pull out of the New Wave vault. So send that to mlsouldetroit at gmail.com. That's also where you can send your feedback, which we're going to get to in just a minute. But first, we need to thank those of you who have dug deep and supported the show. There's a couple ways you can do that. First, there's the traditional way. Mark, how do they how do they do that? How do they people? Oh, go to our website, uh, mlsoledetroit.com, and there you'll see a link for Venmo, link for PayPal, um, and a link to the Patreon too. So whatever Uh, floats your boat. Yes, Patreon. We have some new subscribers to Patreon. Diane Forster joined the Soul Patrol, as did Alan Lengel and Nancy, who's been a supporter of this show for many years, upgraded. 
her sponsorship, which we really appreciate. So apparently she's liking what she heard, or maybe she just wants to get that bonus episode because for $5, that's a please, please let us get what we want level. You get ad-free versions of the podcast. You get to see the video version of the podcast, and it posts before the rest of the world gets access to the podcast. For $15 a month, that's the Big Mouth Strikes Again level, you also get a monthly bonus episode that only you will get. $25 a month, that's a work as a four-letter word, sponsorship level. You get an autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra, Musings on Lust, Life, Leadership from Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, and everything that every other level provides you. Ah, handsome devils. You will be a handsome devil for $60 a month because not only will you get the autographed Kwame Sutra, not only will you get the ad-free versions and the video and the bonus episode, you will get a members-only piece of swag. Not the members-only that they were selling when I was really into New Wave. This will be a T-shirt, a hoodie, a long-sleeve T-shirt, a hockey jersey. We will work that out with you, but it's something that you can only get by being a handsome devil, and that will set you back $60 a month. Well worth it, I'm told, although no one's taken us up on the offer. And then if you really want to get fancy and sort of create your own payment plan, if you can hit at least 100 bucks a month, we'll invite you to join us in the studio where Sean, we swear, will be eating clothes or eating food with his clothes on. For $1,000 a month, he'll do whatever you want. Is that Yeah, is that I'll, keep, I'll keep my shirt on. He'll, he'll eat uh, ribs with you. John Cheney style. <laughs> Whatever y'all desire. And that's Patreon. So you can find that Patreon link on our website. So please join us. It's a great way to support the show, and we really, we really do appreciate it. So got a little feedback here. Um get the Mark, get the get the lighten up Francis drop. Oh, again? Okay. Well, this is what it's for. This is what it's for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Michelle sent us a note uh, a week or so ago and said, Hey, ML, I don't know a thing about him, but would that state rep who's being character assassinated for a freaking Twitter retweet be a good podcast guest? The railroading of the kids seems really overboard. So if you recall, this was a state rep, a Republican, who retweeted something about critical race theory or race replacement oh, or some yeah, other in, uh, was it Lake Orion up there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe Oxford beer. yeah maybe yeah, yeah maybe yeah so even Republicans were running from this guy and he basically got down on his knees and prayed for forgiveness from Speaker of the House Joe Tate a Democrat and a black man who probably did not appreciate that on many levels since he's one of the people replacing us yeah, yeah. uh Michelle, we like to hear all voices here, but no, he would not be a good guest on the podcast. I I, I don't know what he's going to tell us other than, uh, I didn't mean to retweet, I didn't understand, blah, blah, blah. I mean, just critical race stuff and this replacement it stuff. It was the great replacement theory, yeah. Yeah, can, can we get past all this conspiracy shit? In my experience of 30 years as an investigative reporter... Most conspiracies aren't conspiracies. They're just really stupid people doing I know, shit. But, but what motivates people to vote more than fear? Well, yeah, that's true, too. Not but much. That's what it's about. Money. Yeah, money. We, yeah, you're right. We probably will not uh, have this gentleman on the show. Uh, Michelle also had some concerns about a column I wrote about a guy who's running for trustee in Clinton Township. In fact, he'll be on the ballot today if you're listening today on February 27th. If you're listening after that, we'll know whether he made it or not. His name is Dan Kress, and he basically, for 30 years, has a track record of not paying his bills, not paying his child support, doing whatever the hell he wants behind the wheel of a car, 
And he's running for trustee in Clinton Township as a Republican to bring common sense and responsibility hmm. to public office. Well, it's like, you know what, pal? If you bring it, you're going to have to pick it up on the way because you haven't demonstrated very much. And he's yet another one of these punks who won't answer questions. At first, he's like, yeah, I'll answer your questions. And we found out what the questions were. Uh, send me a text. Oh, God. Yeah. So I don't do that. I think people deserve a don't real live it. exchange. And at one point, I said, so, okay, by the way, it looks like you get a lot of traffic violations. He said, well, for what it's worth, at one time, there were three people with the name Dan Kress on the road at the same time. And I said, so... You're saying all these tickets were for another Dan Cress? He said, Maybe. no, no, the Dan Cresses that I got were mine. Like, so what do you what do you mean? Anyway, Michelle says she knows nothing about the Macomb County candidate in my column. I guess she didn't read it because there was a lot in there. But she says, isn't the Democratic Party objective to give criminals and the financially challenged fresh starts? He was running as a Republican, so I guess that's a shot at the Democrats. Nestle and Whitmer have wiped the slate clean of all sorts of convicted criminals. Even MLive won't publish if candidates ever had a personal bankruptcy anymore. Well, that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't handle your money, please, please don't try and handle my money. We've had enough municipalities in this state go belly up because people don't know what they're doing. I digress. She says, yet you seem to have a hard-on for people's old run-ins with the courts and financial difficulties. I guess she did read it. A lot of phallic stuff today. I'm not saying it's not news. That's right. I'm just trying to understand the disconnect with your what? reporting and the party's big push to give folks a fresh start. Well, Michelle, I know you didn't have the benefit of hearing the first part of this show, but I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm just for the truth. I'm just for letting people know who's who, what they stand for, and what they've done so that you can make a decision. You want to vote for a Republican? Go ahead. You want to vote for a Democrat? Go ahead. But you should know what you're voting for. And neither party has a monopoly on integrity. In fact, Amen. both parties are desperately searching for all they can get. <coughs> and they don't seem to be searching quite hard enough. Lastly, here we go. Get ready with the drop. I'm sure you thought it was harmless and cheeky, but I think the self-deprecating line about two white mics in your Sunday column was unprofessional. Hit it! <laughs> Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Crap like that perpetuates race inflammation and already race-obsessed city and the trope that white folks in Detroit are bottom rung and don't have a right to run for positions in a black majority city. <laughs> Obviously, I don't feel that way because I ran for office as a white guy in a black majority city. I made it to the through the primary to the general I finish second so white folks do get a shot i think that's gross to perpetuate okay and i'd never joke a black gal shouldn't run for office in white majority birmingham or that rochester hills doesn't need more than one black guy public servant well then i guess we agree on something you shouldn't say stupid shit like that michelle and every once in a while i get to make a joke about being a white mike in detroit because mayor duggan is the white mike, mike in detroit yeah. so lighten up michelle gentlemen i think you have a little feedback is there room well, if we get to it, it'll get through faster. What do you got, Mark? Um, well, mine's kind of an RIP, so I was going to save it for last, but since you're not ready, I'll do it. No, I can um, do it if you want to save it for last. No, no, no. no too I'll bad. do it. No, do it. no. This is from Kyle, and the subject's Eric Mays, who just passed away uh, two Flint days City ago. Councilman. Yeah, America's City Councilman. is 65 became, years, gone too soon. Became a TikTok uh, sensation because of, you know, how he uh, speaks... Um, Great set of pipes. Yeah, well, and, and just, you know, he, he really did fight for the little guy. I got to know him a little bit because Charlie Leduff would have him on and, and did some stuff. And I loved Eric. I thought he was a great guy, but Kyle emails. I had the fortune of also knowing Eric. I lived across the street from City Hall. 
I would see him outside smoking. I'd walk my long-haired dash, Dachshund? Dachshund? Wiener dog. Dachshund. Dachshund. I'd walk my long-haired wiener dog, Norman, and Eric like my dog. From that day on, he always asked me how my little dog was doing. He gave me his business card and told me he would always answer if I, if you ever need anything. I would see him around town, and he always said hi and asked about Norman. As entertaining as he was, the man had a heart of gold and loved the city of Flint. Boy, that's very true. I am truly sad uh, that he is gone. There'll never be another Eric Mays. And that, that's the thing. He really, wasn't he the first guy who kind of um, gave his constituents a platform to voice how terrible their water was before it really blew up, how bad Flint's water was? I believe, know, I, I, believe I don't know well enough to say, but I will say he was someone who always spoke his mind. He was not shy. And, uh, and he definitely, I don't know if he was on the side of the angels or not, but he always tried to stick up for the little guy. And, yeah. and that's, that's a worthy endeavor. Even if you miss, that's something you should swing for. And I'm going to play my favorite Eric Mays clip of all time. You ready? I happen to be a black man on the North side. So I don't know if he's racist, but he show Eric Mays <laughs> such a great line. I, love, I, I love think, I think Michelle would object to that. Well, he That's said what? it. I Why, said, she I, Eric, was, I, she said Eric, I was white, and then she didn't like that. Is she Eric Macesist? She could be. Is she from the north side of Flint? I Sounds like she's close if she's in Rochester. She's getting up. I watched a lot of Flint uh, City Hall meetings, more than I ever thought I would. And um, I, I don't know. I really like the guy. Even though he, was, he could be quite disruptive, to say the least, he still tried to follow the orders um, to get his point across. I mean, it seemed like he was fighting everybody on city council as well as the mayor. So well, I've, I've sat through a lot of public meetings and I'll tell you what the gadflies and the people who stir the pot, God bless every one of them. Even if they came in wearing a tinfoil hat, because somebody has got mm-hmm. to shake things up. So, uh, so Eric Mays rest in peace, Sean. This is from Emma Shapiro, and she wants to know why HBO... Why don't HBO- you just give her phone number and home address? <laughs> Social security number. Oh, sorry. Actually, that's her That's her pseudonym. It's from Emma Shapiro. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a French, French name. To, Emma wants to know why HBO Max's Tokyo Vice... A, why she got doxxed by Sean? A series about an American journalist who works for a big Japanese newspaper and he gets into the world of the, the Japanese mob was so good the first season... And why it's uh, so bad this season? I don't think that's really what she. I don't. I think that's your opinion. I think Sean said he wanted to wrap this up, but then he just goes out and riffs like that. I. She also wanted to know <laughs> if we are following the theater in Atlanta with the Trump court case and got Kwame era deja vu. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis is prosecutor in a secret affair with married lawyer Nathan Wade. I believe it's Fannie. Fani is it whom she just happened to slide a seven hundred thousand dollar plus legal contract to? Public servants living lavishly, swinging taxpayer funded contracts to bedfellows and cronies, free trips to sleep around and booze, and claiming to keep tens of thousands of cash on hand that you pay cash for everything. The theatrics on the stand last week were hilarious. Can't help but laugh yep. at the absurdity of it all. Yep. Well, as my as my column that that numbed Sean's naked mind while he was having corn on the cob. <laughs> Um, <laughs> indicates that there are people in power who are giving sweetheart deals to their friends all over the country. What's I, too bad about that is that he clearly was trying to do, I'm talking about Trump, was did some stuff he shouldn't have been doing down there, but now it's all. It's, yeah, you know, yeah, because of two people. Yep, now it's all, that's it. He's off for that one. Well, pretty get, pretty get, much, and that's that's their fault. Get the bell ready. 
Uh, this is one of our black Trump moments where Kilpatrick had a strategy that when you would ask about one thing, they'd try and bring something up to distract you and change the focus. Yeah. They called it no, sand yeah. in the face. They're going to be able to say, look at this, the corruption down there. I wasn't the one that was corrupt. And guess yeah. what? They're right. They're oh, correct. Oh, for sure. No, well, no that, I, was, that was awful. I think it doesn't mean what they did wasn't, uh, you know, doesn't exonerate them. But you know what? It blows this whole thing up. I think there are very few people on either side. Well, actually, I think there are very few people on the anti-Trump side who are very happy with Fannie Willis's choices in terms of romantic partners in this case. No, because it blows it blow, it, the, it, the, the political. It shifts the focus of the conversation. Yeah. And the Trump people are very happy because they have something else to bang a drum about. But I think Say, if look, you've watched those hearings. Right. If you've watched those hearings, I think ultimately what you're going to see is that the judge is going to say, "We're not this. We're not taking this case away from her. This is a personal thing." And you know, frankly, if 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 I were on the pro-Trump prosecution team, I'd be more pissed off that she took a guy who has very little experience handling this kind of case. No, but it's a, it's a good it's a good diversion for them. To your point. I mean that's the thing, right? And not only look, how many? What does he have? Three, four cases, whatever they are. Four. They they can say that Trump, Trump, and his folks can say this is this is happening in, in all of them. Yeah, it's incompetence and corruption, and they're just out to get me. There's no basis for anything. Perception, here. yeah, yeah, no, and he, he'll totally, yeah, it's it it hurts the other cases just as much to me. Now, what about that Japanese shit you were talking about, Sean? What's the answer to that question? It's a good. That's a good question. Why is it so hard? I mean, there are plenty of series that are really good. The second, third season, and so forth. But this one just was really interesting and unique. And um, and the second season is just really flat. And I was just curious if any of y'all knew why. Arigato, Sensei. <laughs> Thank you. Here's a little more feedback. If you discuss this week's I, column on your podcast, a pretty sure thing. This is also from Emma. Is that Wayne County Hefe a nepotism baby, nepo baby? I don't see how such a flim-flam man grifter with no technical licensing fails up over and over. I assume his fingerprints are all over all sorts of contracts and vendor swinging. His comp is peanuts to the seven, eight, nine-figure deals he's likely swinging. Also, you didn't make the connection between him, Huey Newsom, and Robert Whittigan? Seems to be a pattern of the same machine grifters recycled between Lansing, Pontiac, Flint, Detroit, and Wayne County. All of them are clueless idiots. They don't actually do any technical work. They're paid to do everything is outsourced to the same consultants and accounting firms. Cush gig. Um, I believe that uh, that Emma is referring to some of the people who preceded and succeeded Mr. Uh, Saunders as CFO in Wayne County. I noticed so, you mentioned peanuts. Would you eat those naked? I don't want to eat anything, dude. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. Do you ever? Not, do you remember that? I've never, I've never been proud of myself in my life, but I am amused. <laughs> remember that great line from Full Metal Jacket, where a Private Joker is talking to animal mother, animal mother, and they're doing the insult, they're doing the stare down. He says, "Well, you can eat the peanuts out of my shit." Ugh, thanks for that's that. something I'd be worried about if I was yeah. eating peanuts naked. Really? No, uh, I don't know how or why, but uh, okay, I'll take your word for it. I just like that line. Whatever happened to Matthew uh, Modine? Modine. He was a bleeder. He was a little weirdo. Bleeder. Yeah. He was. Modine? Well, yeah, in, I confused in Vision Quest, yeah. wasn't he? He was a weirdo. Yeah. Was he Marty McFly? 
No. no. Oh, who am I confusing him with? Matthew Crispin Modine Glover. Crispin Glover. Total weirdo. That's yeah, what I'm totally Matthew weirdo. Modine was uh, in Vision Quest. It's the first time we ever saw Linda Fiorentino. Yeah, Aren't thank, they a little similar? You. Crispin Glover and Matthew Modine? for the Modine. second reference to no, Vision No, not Quest. at all. I think they're a little, they look a little, they, they all look the same. I, I think Ethan Hawke and Matthew Modine are maybe yeah. a little similar. Yeah. Okay, fine. Or, or maybe the redhead guy who played the drug dealer in uh, Pulp Fiction. Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz? Yeah. yeah. Crank Crawler. Crank Crawler. Mask. <sighs> Oh, Rocky Dennis. Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Right, anyway, what, what's okay. going on? Do we have any more feedback? No, no. I think we're done. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Sean says we're done. Sweet yeah, we're done. mother of He's Pearl. starting to take off his clothes. He must be getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm going to do a door dash. Um, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, Eli Zarrett will be filling in next week while I'm on special assignment, writing something incredibly boring so that Sean continues <laughs> that to- That was a pretty good job. I just wanted to, the Frank who complained earlier. That was the door dash joke. Come on. That was pretty good. That was good. By the way, Frank and I, we did end up reaching some sort of a court. <laughs> Neither one of us liked the Wolverines very much, but uh, I did tell him it was kind of tough getting criticized by guys drinking a summer shandy. But, uh, oh, so you're uh, making fun of us? What, yeah, no, what because summer shandy, doing? like, I'm kind of funny. Summer shandy is kind of beer. So I don't know, you know, who's got the high ground here. But we it's came beer. together. We came together. Isn't it beer? As, as opponents of the cult. Yes. It's beer with lemonade. Yeah. It's like Ron Swanson says. I hate liars and I hate skim milk because milk, skim milk is water pretending, lying about being milk. We'll fix that in post. Anyways, thank you for joining us. Please patronize our subscribers. Let Dr. Yaldo, let Zot Ford and Holly, Steve Gabar and his team out there and let Luke and Zach know that you found out about them because of the soul of Detroit. And please consider becoming a Patreon supporter of this show. That is really one of the things that sustained us and will sustain us going forward. So thanks for being here with us. Please eat carefully. And until next eat week. Eat clothes. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, if you're naked, eat especially carefully, especially with that fork. I don't know what Sean's using his fork. For. What does he do with a spork? Right. Okay, anyways, assuming Sean doesn't drop dead when he sees an electric car, we'll be back next week with another exciting episode of The Soul of Detroit. Until then, can you dig that? Can Cyrus, you dig it? Take us out. Can you dig it? This is ML Alrick. Ladies and gentlemen, believe me, Richard Rogue is the only man who ever made money on a dude ranch vacation. We hope you enjoyed our story. Ray Buffum wrote it. Don Windsor composed and conducted the music. And Mark Fellhauer produced and directed. Thanks for listening and good night, all.